change is in an instant. The strange is just on the other side of boring. Everywhere we go, the abnormal slumbers. And, no matter whether you are living in the city, relaxing in the country, or traveling amongst the stars, rest assured, friends and others, you're living in the Waffle Timeline. took in the area around him. He was in an office. The walls were stained an awful eggshell brown. There was a black, ticking clock on the wall. The room was cramped, filled to the brim with cabinets and the chair that Vincent himself was sitting on. He could hear typing coming from the room next door. He blinked several times while looking around him. Upon closer inspection, all the file cabinets seemed to have his name on slips of high-end cardstock with perfect handwriting. Every name he has ever gone by, some said Vincent Nix, others, Vin or Vinny. The one in the further corner of the room, Red Pookie. That one made him visibly cringe. Are you coming or not? Vincent noticed the typing had stopped. He stood up and walked through the eggshell splattered doorway. The file cabinets continued into this room. The walls were thankfully a much more manageable cream. In the center of the room sat a man in a black suit with a clip-on Dilbert bow tie. He sat at a desk that was much too small for his gangly limbs. He moved the typewriter he was working on to the side to make more room. In front of him sat a manila folder, previously under the typewriter, that also read Vincent. His eyes were soft, but annoyed, as he looked down at the envelope, which had two round crinkles where the typewriter had sat on it. Are you going to sit down? Vincent sat in the chair across the man while continuing to look around the room and at his Pink Floyd t-shirt. The rainbow clashed with the chair he was sitting on. The man in the suit and the Dilbert tie looked up from the file for the first time. Look, I'm going to be blunt with you. You're getting axed. I'm sorry? Vincent was finally getting his bearings. Axed. Removed from existence. Poofed from this mortal coil. His large hand swiped with great pressure across the envelope in a failed attempt to smooth it. Confusion took over Vincent's face. How does one get axed? I'm glad you asked. The man stood up. His height towered over him. The room that they were in faded away and was replaced with the top of a building. Vincent recognized the view. It was a place he knew very well. He would sit up here and have lunch multiple times a week. He would look out on the city while eating a turkey sandwich and think, this is my happy place. You're an interesting case. Out of everyone in this city, you have the least impact on the ones around you. Beg your pardon? It is true. You are a statistical marvel. Out of everyone you have ever come in contact with, you have not affected their lives in the slightest. We have run the numbers with you and without you in the equation, and everything balances out the same. You are a non-factor, an extra, a remainder. Vincent took a step back. Could that be true? Could it even be possible? Could he have had zero impact on the world around him? But what about my job? Your boss forgot you worked for him 10 months ago. He thinks Sally from the front desk has been doing your job. Sally? She's 62 and moves like she's 86. 
She doesn't get anything done. Still, she's getting that promotion. What? You do good work. You do good, unrecognized work. Okay, what about my apartment? It is scheduled to be demolished and rebuilt with the newest amenities. They are even letting the owners keep their old apartments. The architect, however, forgot to put your unit in the new design. It'll be a porter's closet. It has just enough storage to hold more than it needs to. An excellent closet, really. Laudable, even. But I just paid that off. The man shrugged. But my best friend Justin, or my sister Sarah, they both accomplish the same goals, with or without you. Their lives end up the same way. No happier, no sadder. Vincent stared blankly at the man. He pondered the thought of being removed from existence, to have never existed in the first place. For a moment, it didn't seem so bad. If this man was telling the truth, then he wouldn't even be missed. If this was how he went, and he really never had an impact on anyone's life, this would be fine, right? Then, he remembered. Wait, wait, no, 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 I can't be. I can't be axed, and why not? The man walked forward. His face remained calm, but his posture seemed like he was looking for something. He adjusted his hat. Vincent wasn't sure when that was added to the ensemble. Also, his bow tie was now a regular tie with Garfield on it. Because, Evie... A smile curled on the man's face. No one will remember you, Vincent. Yes, that includes Evie. You will not cause her any pain in your absence. You do not need to worry. No, Vincent shook his head while holding his arms. I don't care what you have to say. Evie would care. Evie would change without me. We made each other better. The calm expression twisted into a grin. Oh, do you think so? I know so. Everyone else can forget me. But Evie? Evie and I have been through so much. Vincent collapsed against the wall behind him. All around him, the sounds of the city played out in perfect harmony. The man took a look around the city before drawing his attention back to Vincent. You know, I'm in a good mood. Vincent's eyes narrowed and his lips pursed. How about I make you a deal? A deal? Yes. One you might like very much. The man squatted next to Vincent and looked him square in the eyes. I will give you three chances. Three chances to prove to me that you have affected Evie's life. If you do, you get to stay. If not, well, you know. The man gestured an explosion with his long, thin fingers. Vincent looked up at the man's calm gray eyes. The man seemed like he was enjoying Vincent's helplessness. He was probably right. Vincent never felt like he mattered much to the world. That was before Evie. Vincent didn't believe it. He couldn't believe it. He matched the man's gaze. You have a deal. Vincent opened his eyes and took in the view of a New York City metro car. He was sitting next to the window, and a familiar face was in the chair next to him. Evie smiled as he turned his head to meet hers. They were holding hands as the cabin was bathed in light and shadow. Was it a dream? He could not remember much of the encounter with the strange man, but he could remember his eyes. Their stillness burned its way into his memory. With his free hand, he rubbed his temple. Vincent was mid-sentence, saying something unremarkable, which was not too far from the norm. That never mattered to Evie. Content with who Vincent was at his core, and not minding whatever pedantic nonsense he was going on about today. That's silly, she said. The warmth in her face radiated through Vincent's entire body. He did not remember the last thing he added to the conversation, but she seemed to like it. Or, completely possible, she had spaced out and was covering for it with a gleeful accusation. The train to Crown Heights was taking forever. Every five miles they would pass through a tunnel, and darkness engulfed the cabin they were in. It was in those moments that Vincent felt the most alone. Then, the light found its way back into their hideaway, and he remembered who he was again. His ever-growing doubt in himself would subside. His sure-footedness and his love for this woman would return. His acceptance of her love for him would re-strengthen. As the train faded into another tunnel, Vincent felt Evie shift her weight on his shoulder. 
He didn't need to see her in order to know that she was smiling. She was always smiling. Her level of optimism made him feel inadequate by comparison. As light floods the cabin again, Evie brings her eyes to meet with his. For a moment, inconceivable, Vincent could have swore that he saw his reflection flicker in her eyes. Hey, Vincent shifted away from her so that he could face her. I'm important to you, right? Like, if I wasn't in your life, then you would miss me. She laid her head back down on him. You are the most important person in my life. Without you, I don't know where I would be. He could feel her body relaxing as she fell asleep. Her carefully calculated breaths were a source of comfort for him. The darkness came for them one more time. However, this time Vincent welcomed it with his eyes shut. Did you think that was good enough? The voice came from the back of the metro car. Vincent jolted forward. The train wasn't moving anymore, and neither were any of the passengers. Everything seemed to be frozen in place. Evie remained next to him, eyes closed, in a trance-like state. The voice called from the back again. Did you think that was good enough? It was getting closer. Vincent turned to see the face of the black-suited man. He had a feather in his cap, and his turquoise bolo tie was too tight. He carried a suitcase and looked down at his watch. If this is the best you can do, then you have certainly wasted my time. And not just because, and you know, we did the math. Without you, she would be in the same place she is. Plus or minus a kilometer. Who are... Vincent tried to stand up, but his legs would not allow it. He was no longer in control of his body. Who am I? Is that what you were about to ask? The man stood right in front of him now. My boss likes to tell me that I do not explain myself correctly. So let's try this again. No, this is not a dream. Yes, you are in existential danger. Yes, you now only have two chances to prove to me that you actually matter, or I will atomize you without a second thought. This weak attempt is not good enough. Vincent's vision became blurry. The man disappeared in front of his eyes. The train he was on melted away into nothingness. His stomach tightened as if he was on a roller coaster. For a moment, he was floating out in a sea of nothingness. All at once, he snapped back to reality. He stood in his apartment surrounded by all the comforts he called home. This can't be happening. This can't be true. Vincent paced his living room. There was no way that he meant nothing to the world. He walked up to a stereo, turning it on full blast. Anything by Yoko Ono would do. Surely his neighbors would be affected by this. He jumped up and down, screeching loudly. His body crashed into walls and furniture. He went as far as to take his dishes out of the cabinet and toss them around the room. A few even made their way through the sliding plate glass door and onto the street. After a moment, he collapsed on the floor. The music moved from one track to another, but nothing changed. No one came knocking at his door. No one banged on his walls. He didn't hear a scream coming from the other tenants. The music continued as he sank further to the floor. Suddenly, a knock was heard at his door. Vincent sprang up and moved towards it, but stopped short of opening it. What if this was the man in the suit again, coming to atomize him as he promised? Slowly, he backed away from the entryway and turned down the music. The knocking continued, followed by Evie's familiar voice. Vincent, is everything okay? He sprinted towards the door and swung it open. Is, is everything okay? I heard yelling from down the hall. Good, good. D did my neighbors complain? Did I wake someone? I bet they're all thinking about me. Luckily, they're all at the rooftop party being held for the building. They won the bid to get the building remodeled. The city's paying for everything. What? N no, no. She moved further into the apartment. Were you trying to bother them? Vincent slammed the door and turned to Evie. I need to bother them. His eyes started losing focus. His words were slurring. Sweat poured from his temple. Vincent, Vincent, look at me. Is everything okay? She rushed over to him over broken porcelain and glass. 
You would remember me, right? Vincent stumbled backward, falling into the wall of his kitchen. If I was no longer around, you would remember me. Of course I would. A tear rolled down her cheek. No, no, be honest with me. Have I changed you? Have I affected you in any way? Have I had an effect on your life? Are you different from having known me? An uncomfortable pause began. Her eyes couldn't make contact. They darted around the room as she considered. The silence became an answer. Silence was always the worst answer. Her eyes came back to him. She knew she had damage control to do. Evie backed away. I don't... Maybe. Probably. I I don't know. No! He turned away from her and looked out his kitchen window. After everything we've been through, the hospitals, rehab, everything, it was all for nothing? I could have been another Joe Blow for all you care. It's not like that. Isn't it like that, though? While scanning the city streets below, something caught Vincent's attention. There he was, standing on the sidewalk, the man in the suit. This time it was white linen. Despite the sidewalk being crowded, no one seemed to notice him. Instinctively, they moved around him, paying no attention to his presence. He could not make out his facial features, but he still knew the man was smiling. He's coming. We have to go. What? Who's coming? Vincent turned around and grabbed Evie by her arm. We have to go. Pulling her along, the pair made it to the top of the floor stairs before Evie grabbed her arm away. Vincent, you're scaring me. Not like you would remember it anyway. What's wrong with you? Did you take something? Do I need to get you to the hospital? He shoved her to the side while taking a step down. I can explain everything, but we need to get out of here. Thick leather footfalls echoed on the concrete steps. Vincent peered over the rails in sheer horror as the man in the suit climbed the stairs below him. I I don't think we can go this way. Vincent grabbed Evie's hand again. This time she did not fight him as he led her to the roof. Shoving partygoers aside, Evie and Vincent emerged on the crowded rooftop just in time for the toast. To new beginnings, a speaker said as the sound of glasses clanking together broke out in unison. The sound filled Vincent's ears, reverberating inside his head. The sound of laughter grew louder. No one noticed him as they danced and sang. They were gleeful in spite of his intrusion. Suddenly, the music stopped. Everyone was frozen in place. Everyone but Vincent. Trying to get out of our deal? The man in the suit appeared on stage. He strode over to Vincent and Evie. This is not very honest of you, is it? Or are you trying to have an effect on my disposition? I do not count. I am the judge here. Your judge. You leave us alone. Vincent turned to Evie, who was frozen in place as well. Her face showed her concern, but also sadness and fear. You think this is the worst option? Far from it. To remove you from existence will be doing you a favor. Much better to not live at all than to live a shell of a life. But, if you try and run again, not only will I remove you from this world, I will make it to where Evie is the only one who remembers you, and I will force you watch her go slowly insane, as your friends, your sister, and your parents deny your very existence. The broken girl she will become will be your fault, and you will get to live that horror over and over for eternity. The man in the suit straightened his shiny pink tie and disappeared off the stage. 
At once, the party goers started to move in reverse. Speaking backward as food undigested itself and appeared back in their hands, their champagne glasses refilled themselves. You get one more chance. The rooftop party swirled around him into the streets of downtown New York. He was standing in front of a hospital. Several cars went past him as he crossed the street. He didn't attempt to go in any other direction. The interior of the hospital was empty, with nothing but a floor chart on the walls in front of him. One room was highlighted in yellow. Vincent's steps grew lethargic as he walked through the hospital's halls. He didn't need to read the directions on the walls, for he had been here multiple times before. He stopped moving as he came upon the last room on this floor. He took one deep breath, and then he opened the door. The room was dark, save for a lamp. Monitors buzzed and whistled with vital signs. In the center of the room sat a massive bed occupied by Evie. He paused for a moment and took in the sight of her. She looked so small. Contained by those plastic guardrails, she barely survived the overdose. He was out at the time, trying to impress his boss by completing all the pickup orders before he showed up in the morning, while covering for some of the slack Sally caused. When he got home, he found her on the bedroom floor. Out of the corner of his eye, he could see the man in the suit, only it was a tuxedo this time, sitting in the chair and reading a newspaper. His monocle reflected just the smallest amount of lamplight. Good news. Nothing you could have done would have prevented this, so you can at least say you tried your best. Last time I was here, I said nothing. I just watched as she eventually got better. And then we moved on while ignoring her destructive tendencies. I was so glad to have her back. I never questioned what brought her down this path to begin with. The man in the tux looked like he wanted to answer, but he just went back to his newspaper. I was so scared of what would come of us if I voiced my concerns. Would I have pushed her away? If I told her how scared I was for her, would she still want me if I expressed my sadness about her not coming to me at all? Would she leave me if I was too firm about fixing her issues? What if I took a stand and, and she, in her fragile state, rejected me and my selfish need to impose myself on her broke us? We were in this life together, but now I couldn't say anything. We were supposed to make each other better. We were a team, but not in this moment. Her pain had broken us. More specifically, it broke me. Vincent took a step forward and touched her face. But I guess none of that matters now. After this conversation, I'm going to go away. And she will never have to worry about my thoughts or feelings ever again. He moved his hand down to meet hers. I need you in my life. I can't live without you. I am nothing without you. You make me better. I never thought I could be with someone until I met you. You are the best decision I have ever made. I am who I am because of you. Vincent turned to look at the man in the suit, but he was no longer there. He could feel Evie grip his hand weakly. He put his other hand on top of hers. But you don't need to hear me say that. You were amazing with me, and you'll be amazing without me. Vincent took his hands away and turned to the door. I'm ready. All at once the room swirled around him, and a bright light overtook him. Vincent opened his eyes slowly, blinking twice before he took in his surroundings. He was back in the file cabinet room. Standing up, he headed into the next room without being called. Sitting behind the desk was the man in the suit. 
No Dilbert clip on tie, no feather in his cap, a nice suit and tie that you might see anyone in. The man motioned him to have a seat. After a moment of silence, a smile appeared on the man's face. I have not been this entertained in centuries. Vincent looked down at his hands and sighed. I'm ready. Not so fast. Do you not want to know how you did? I gave you a monumental task, and you exceeded expectations. What? Really? Unfortunately, now you have a choice. You managed to sway Evie. She can no longer live without you. But I may have left out a minor detail to this whole situation. The thing is, you die in two years. Vincent stared blankly at the man. He could get past the pompous attitude and the godlike annoyance that he was. What he could not get past was the fact that he had been fighting for two measly more years of life. He jumped across the desk and grabbed the man by his lapels, lifting him up to his face. You mean to tell me that none of this matters anyway? The man in the suit smiled wider. Well, it did not before. You fought to change that. Now, different paths lie before you. The office swirled around the two and broke out into a field of flowers that stretched out for miles. It looked just like the cover of Vincent's favorite book, the one he read on his lunch breaks. He never thought in a million years that something so beautiful could actually exist. Vincent let go of the man and took a step back. He had never seen such a wondrous sight before in his life. On one hand, the man started, If I send you back, you will pick back up on the train. You will think all this was a dream, and I will not interrupt you this time. You'll marry Evie and live exactly one year together before you die. Evie, racked with guilt and pain, will die of heartbreak six months later. Her body will give out, and her sadness would have won. Vincent put his hand in front of his mouth. All of his interference led to this. He could not just leave well enough alone. Now, everyone in his life was going to suffer. They were going to end up the people they were always going to be, but with the unnecessary heartbreak that was going to come from something he caused. He was going to die, and it still wouldn't matter. Or, or, or I erase you from the timeline. Everyone goes about their lives as intended. Evie marries a barista from Brooklyn, and they move to Boston together. They have three kids. She names one of them Vincent. For some reason, she just likes the name. Everyone gets their happy ending. Everyone except you. Vincent looked the man in the suit directly in his eyes. He was scared, but none of those emotions made it to his face. I'm assuming that you already know my choice. Indeed. All that's left is the deed. Do it. A breeze blew past the man in the suit as he stood in the field of flowers, alone. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Waffle Timeline. If you enjoyed the show, you can give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. And... If you'd like to support the show, you can find us on patreon.com slash the waffle timeline. New episodes go up the first Friday of every month. And once again, thanks for listening.